The intro. BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services. Here we discuss all things fitness, running, rucking, endurance, obstacle course racing, and more. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey out there in BeastNet land. Today you got Brother Boggs and I'm talking with Joey McLamory of More Heart Than Scars and a couple of other affiliated teams. Hey Joey, how you doing today? Don, I am doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me on. That's great. I've been trying to get you on here for a little while, and uh, we just haven't been able to match up our our schedules. So it's great to have you on today. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are. Um, you know, what got you into OCR racing? Well, all right. Well, as as you mentioned, I am with More Heart Than Scars, and newly named the Georgia president of More Heart Than Scars. Thankfully. We have branched out and grown so much that Zach Pabin said that we needed to start start putting some individual chapters in other states. And since I've been with him since, gosh, almost the beginning, I've been with him six years now and have done more than 100 plus races with him. And he says, you know what, I want you to take the helm of this because I know you have the passion for what it takes I know you have the heart for it and the love and the drive and the desire for what we do, for our mission. And I, I tell you, it was, it was such an honor to come aboard at, at, at this level because I do love what I do with Martin Scars. And just being a part of this organization is something that is very dear to me. I have been doing OCRs now since 2009 when I first got my uh, taste of it. And have loved it ever since. I, like many others, I have, I got into it to see how bad I could become and how many podiums I can make. But I tell you, over the, over the years, my passion has changed. And I just saw a need about 2013 that there were so many people sitting on the sidelines who were just craving to get out and do something. And I'm not talking about just able-bodied people. I'm talking about People with missing limbs, people who were suffering from PTSD or depression or battling anxieties or body dysmorphia or abuse. I mean, the list goes on and on. It, it just struck a chord with me. And I said, you know what? It's time for me to put myself aside and just step up and start helping those who need it. Because having come from a background of being very overweight myself and Having, I guess, wasn't diagnosed, but when I was a kid, I guess you could say it was somewhat of body dysmorphia and very, very timid and not wanting to do much in the athletic world. And I just, I needed an outlet. And once I got past high school, I did get into college and played football a little bit, but I just needed more. And I started doing some running and that really helped me lose the weight, getting in shape. And then it just got me hooked. and started doing some triathlons. And, and then when someone said to me, actually, it was a friend's son who is in the Marines. He was doing this thing called the Marine Corps Mud Run over in South Carolina, I think is where they were holding it at the time. And she said, I, I would really appreciate if you would come out and be supportive of my son. He is, he is battling depression and he really needs somebody to help pick him up. And I tell you, Don, that really just kind of set the ball rolling for me with that. It's just kind of developed into something that has happened over the years. And I have been at the pinnacle 
of the OCR world. And I tell you, there's nothing like the thrill of watching someone who never thought they could do something like an OCR cross a finish line and see the joy and the happiness on their face. As I tell others now, until you experience that, your life isn't complete because when you, when you put yourself aside and help those like that, it just gives you a joy that is just unmeasurable. And that's, that's kind of where I am. I, I have now devoted my life to helping those who need it. Like we have Erica and Shannon and Justin and Ryan, who is going to be coming out with us some this year. Chloe. I mean, the list goes on and on. We have so many adaptive athletes, those with the physical limitations and also those with you know, emotional, mental limitations. And, and that is our call and calling with Martin Scars is to get out there and, and to help them. Yeah. One of the things that uh, Zach and I talked about is that we, we all have scars. You know, some of them you can see like his missing fingertips or Erica and her chair. And then right. there's the other ones, uh, you know, like myself uh, battling addiction and, and alcoholism. And, and I know there's a lot of other people out there in the same boat. And, and that's one of the things that I love about More Heart Than Scars is, is you guys allow anybody <clears throat> who has scars, which means that anybody can work with you. You know what? You're right. And glad you brought that point up, too, because as I'm sure you know, with More Heart Than Scars, we are a, a big time support for suicide prevention. And on the inside of our wrist bracelets is the 1-800 number for those battling addictions and, and for, for suicide, for help. And along with Mohart and Scars, I have been affiliated with teams like Operation Enduring Warrior and Oscar Mike, Operation Valor, and have myself been on the receiving end of phone calls with veterans who've had a gun in their mouth or up to their temple, just Call me up at two o'clock in the morning and say, I, I don't know if I can, I can go on, Joey. I, I think I need to end it. And I tell you, man, it's a very surreal thing to have those kind of phone calls and to just hope and pray that you can talk them down. And at the same time, I'm on my, thank God, technology is what it is now. Like while I'm on the phone talking to this person, I'm texting someone nearby because the two, the two or three that I've had that happened to me were in other states and I could not just get there. But Thankfully, through our connection with More Heart Than Scars and these other organizations have had people in, in that state, in that same city that I could just get on the phone or text and say, hey, please get to this person's house now. And I mean, as I mentioned previously, you know, the list goes on and on. And certainly those battling addictions have a huge place in my heart, too. Um, as a matter of fact, I do look, work locally here in Atlanta with an organization that houses uh, heroin addicts who are in recovery. And I work as their personal trainer, trying to help them get back into a more fitness-minded regime. Because as you probably know, with physical exercise, you you release those endorphins that can help just calm some of the cravings. And gosh, I tell you, just some of the stories that I've heard just in that gym, in that facility, it's just enough to, I mean, just rip your heart out. But I'm, I'm just thankful that I get the opportunity to do that and to go out onto these race courses with more heart than scars or even be on the receiving end of a phone call and just know that people can turn to to me, to Zach, to Erica, to, to any one of us at more heart than scars. And, and, you know, they can call us personally, but also that 1-800 number on the inside of our wrist bracelet is there for anyone battling addiction. 
I'm looking forward to it here shortly. It looks like they've just about cleared everything through the, the United States Congress and stuff, but uh, 988 is going to be all they need to remember for the suicide prevention hotline here soon. It is right. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure if you if you followed me on my Wednesday, Warrior Wednesday post, but I have started posting that photo because it is amazing just to be able to hit three numbers, 988 suicide hotline and i can't i can't wait either i can't wait till it goes nationwide yeah that'll uh make it a lot easier for people to get the help that they need and we've been working with a couple of different outfits that uh, stop soldier suicide with one of them and then we're also uh, helping promote a a local race out of out of uh washuga washington where they have the uh the portland sprint for for Spartan and down there they've got a uh, a race that is just all about helping homeless veterans or veterans in need veterans that have uh, you know mental health issues just it's a real good program and and unfortunately one of our our partner groups that we we used to work with uh declined to help them out because it's, it's got some christian based stuff in it and they don't want to be uh, tied to anything like that. So we stepped in and man, we've been promoting the crap out of it on, on Facebook and, and everything else, because with the race, the physical race possibly being canceled, we moved it to a virtual everything we can to, to help that out. It's, it's called the hero's challenge. Right. I've, I've seen, I've seen that on your, on your, uh, social media. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that, that, that it wasn't supported by some of the other groups that we used to roll with, but you know, we're going to do everything we can. These days, I'm working with Team West Coast Spartans and, and uh-huh. you know, Kobe and those guys. They got about three thousand people in that yep. group, and, and we're working with them. And you know, West Coast Obstacles, Jesse, he uh, he does a lot of work with the Union Gospel Mission and and a lot of work with people with addiction. So you know, we're just all working together to really push this out there and and help people out. That's great. Uh, you mentioned the West Coast Spartan. I am really good friends with with Kobe and several, many actually, of those West Coast Spartans. Because thankfully, with my travels over the last few years, helping out uh, adaptive athletes, we've managed to get out to Tahoe several times for the Spartan World Championships and out to uh, other parts of California, and just welcomed with open arms from those West Coast Spartans. Love those guys. Yeah, Kobe is awesome. He usually runs either with the flag for the the officer's flag, or he'll run with uh, run with uh, the log for the fallen vets. I believe is what the log was to represent. I, I got to follow yeah. up and make sure I'm right on that. But I think but I Kobe, think it is. I think you're right. Yeah, and Kobe's just a great guy. He uh, randomly reached out to me and says, "Hey, now you're an admin." I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he and I chat uh, off and on via social media every now and then as well. He's like, hey, were you guys coming back to California or at least to Tahoe or somewhere out west? I said, dude, as soon as we can get the funding, I will put together a team and we'll be there. I think what we need to do is we need to talk with Joe Decina and and set something up because last year at the Portland Sprint, they had a special Spartans race. And, you know, that's something that, you know, just to to grow the the more heart than scars up here. If we had a couple of you guys from down there, and like Mike and I from up here, and we got out there, we got a couple of friends who work with with adaptive athletes already. And we all got out there and just 
worked that special Spartans race with with Spartan as an official thing. That'd be you know something to something to really get things moving and show these adaptive athletes that they really can do this and that they are not disabled. They're just uh, differently abled or, or however you want to look at it. They're able to do things that other people can't. You're right. I, I, listen, I'm all over that. I mean, and we, we can set that up too. As a matter of fact, one of our uh, really good friends who was local to us here, um, Desiree has just moved out that way herself. And she is, um, I guess you could call her a wounded vet. I mean, she and she is part of the More Heart and the Scars crew, and she has her service dog. And I know she would jump all over that as well because she's all about promoting anything having to do with uh, disabled athletes, adaptive athletes, and putting them on the front line saying, look, you know what? These guys are just as capable of anybody else. They just need the opportunity. Exactly. If she's up in my area, we're going to have to hook me up with her on Facebook so I can start talking about setting some things up. Cause one of the things that we were out on a, what was it? A 10 K or a 15 K walk run a couple weekends ago after a, uh, a Spartan pop-up workout, which <laughs> don't actually exist, but I think there were six of them that happened in the country that day. Wow. Um, we're, we were asked by Spartan to work with our local SGX coach on some tips and training and putting on a, a, a setup to have a, a COVID safe workout i don't know if you saw the pictures on on my feed i was tagged in we had 10 foot by 10 foot boxes and and just everybody was in their own separate zones to keep it safe i did see that by the way yes i did but uh one of my friends that we were out with brian k is one of the things that we talked about is and i think it's it's an important part about working with an adaptive athlete is that we have to practice and i know that that you do that with the team down there, you know, practice meeting, you know, going out and, and working out and working in a wheelchair on the trails and, and getting used to that because we had a, we had an instance, I guess, last year at the, at the special Spartans race where one of the special Spartans was having a real tough time because they hadn't done full race or enough practice to, to understand what they were doing out there. And their, their support team wasn't quite ready. And that's, that's kind of, when I was talking with Zach, that's really what started more heart than scars is he was out there and he saw, he saw a team working with an adaptive athlete with paracord and all sorts of stuff that wasn't yeah. appropriate. And, and that's why he started doing what he's doing. And, and that story kind of stuck with me when I was talking with my friend, Brian, you know, he's telling me a story. And I was like, man, we can do better than that. Let's figure it out and let's do it this year. Let's get a hold of that Spartan and let's, let's do it better this year. So I've kind of started the reach out process and, and we'll see if we can do it better this year for them. If there will be races, um, unfortunately, in the Northwest, we have the, the states are really hesitant on opening up um, because of COVID. But I know down in the Southeast, you guys have some other things going on down there, don't you? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just looking at the Spartan race schedule for the rest of this year. It, well, the tentative. Uh, you know, starting with uh, Jacksonville here on June 13th, which we are putting together a little small team to take Erica down. She is stoked about that. Um, but I, yeah, I was I was specifically looking because there is a visually impaired young lady in Colorado who uh, re- reached out to me via a Spartan women's group. She heard about me, heard what I've done with other visually impaired athletes over the years, and. I was all set, we were all set, to do the Colorado race 
at the end of June this year before COVID hit. And she is super bummed about that. So I was looking to see now that they've revamped their schedule, the closest race to her out West. And you're right. There are not many. Cause I said, Tammy, look, there's only uh, Utah. That's it. The rest are either Midwest or East and especially the Southeast, because we've got Georgia, Florida, Carolina, Virginia, uh, Pennsylvania, and then up the coast to to Massachusetts. We've got Boston, and you know if there's a way I can even get her out here, I would love to do that. Because I said, look, if I have to come to Utah, I've already talked to Zach about it. Uh, well, I talked to him about the the Colorado race. He said, you know what, by all means, we'll just let more and the scars pay for your plane ticket out there. Because here again, this is what we do. You know, we there's a need right there, and especially to migrate more as more hurt than scars, not just Joey, but as more hurt than scars to migrate to the West Coast. And he's like, that's, that's, and I agree, that's, that's what we do. That is right up our alley. And I said, that would be so perfect because this woman who has nothing left but a little bit of her peripheral vision, she can't go out on a race course by herself anymore. And she is battling a little depression and she's just like, I really want to do this. And I said, Tammy, if I can at all get out there, we will make this happen. We will do a race together. I think, isn't Laughlin still on? And that's just in Nevada, real close to her, isn't it? I thought that was back on in December. I'm looking right now because I thought it was. Is it, okay, maybe it is. I, I, I may not have gone all the way through the schedule. Well, it, it's hard to because there's so <clears> much <throat> going on and so much rescheduled. I thought that Laughlin. You know what? Now Nevada. that I'm thinking about it, my, my visual memory, I, I, I believe you're correct because I think I was also just, we normally. November 14th. Yes. That's right, because I was looking specifically because we normally end our year at the what is called Central Florida Beast and Sprint Weekend. I think it's the weekend prior to that. I, thank you for mentioning. I'm going to reach back out to her and tell her that Laughlin, that may be more right up her alley. Well, and, and keep me in mind, because that's close enough to a hub where I might be able to okay. fly in on that or Mike and I. Um, it is the day before my daughter's birthday, but. I think that's something that she might she might understand. You know what I mean, right? And and getting back but, to your to your point about the the the, uh, the special Spartans race up in your neck of the woods, I and if if I if you do that and would love my help or Zach's help or both of us, you know, we would try to make that happen too to come up there and help you guys. Yeah, the the big plan was this summer for Mike and I to come down and and do a southeast race with you guys and and work together as a team and and you know work on making sure that we have the right knowledge base before we you know take on our own athletes up here and 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 that's something that you know we're probably going to get down to the southeast in 2021 now but if we can meet somewhere in the middle that might be uh, a lot more feasible too so well, I was on that note, let me mention, and I'm sure if you've looked at the schedule, Asheville, North Carolina, is a huge race for more heart than scars every year as a United team because obviously it's in Zach's backyard, literally like 15 miles away on the other side of the mountain where he lived. Uh, and now that we have multiple wheelchairs, we're already thinking that this year's event is going to be one of the biggest ever. If, in fact, fingers crossed, hopefully praying that it happens. Uh, we'll have at least four adaptive athletes, maybe even five, because we do have a couple who are on arm crutches. So that may become, consider that one. It's July 25th. 
it, it's been bumped up. It normally is in August, but because of the, here again, the revamp schedule, they, they moved it up to July 25th. And I know if it's on, we will be there. Yeah, I'll have to look at that and talk with Mike. That's, uh, there's a lot going on right in there because we've got uh, a marathon. He's got the Hawaii trifecta. And then oh, we've yes. got uh, the following weekend from that is Portland. And there's one other race right in that that time period, too. So I'm going to notate that one and send it over to him. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. One of the, I was just going to say, one of the things that I kind of touched on was training and working with athletes. Uh, you want to give a little background on, on the things that, that you do when you're working with the athletes or anybody in, you know, some athletes that you've worked with before in the past that, uh, that you worked real hard with that you want to talk oh, about? Oh, boy. I love talking about the athletes. I, I've had the, the privilege and, and, and the honor, truly, an honor to work with some amazing athletes. And I'll just call them athletes for the fact that they are pure athletes to start with. The fact that they have a disability, you know, that's secondary. And that's the one thing that we, when we first work with them, we try to get them to understand, look, you're an athlete first. You have this disability, yeah. But you know what? It sets you apart. You touched on this earlier. It sets you apart. You do things differently. And I have had the pleasure of working with people such as Erica in a wheelchair who's paraplegic. We have another young man on our team who is a quadriplegic. We have, gosh, uh, visually impaired. I now have had the pleasure of working with four different people with visual impairments from uh, one being completely blind to others, as I mentioned, like with Tammy, she only has her peripheral vision. And this young man, his name is Samuel. And I'm telling you, he is going to be something else. He, as he says, I just don't see things as other people sees. And he tries to describe what he is seeing when he is looking at people. And it, and it is amazing. This little guy is 11 years old and he is tearing up the Spartan kids course. And I, I correct myself, he is 12. I think he will be old enough here next year to finally start doing more advanced. And I tell you, he is going to just be a phenomenon on the race course because, number one, his parents both race and they love it. And when they found out that I had worked with other individuals with visual impairments, they said, look, we're both kind of scared of heights. Could you come and uh, work with our son on this one particular obstacle called a leap of faith? It's, uh, <laughs> it truly is. It's where you leap from one platform eight feet across onto another platform. And I said, you know what? I would love to come and work with Samuel. And now he has mastered that. And, and he, he is a, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. But I tell you, I, I touched on some of my uh, trips out to the West Coast. And uh, I have had the opportunity to work with an individual who we've done two World's Toughest Mudders together, uh, three Spartan World Championships, numerous 100-mile races. And I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and it was something around 175 total races that I worked with him on. And the experiences that I gained from that, I, I, Don, I could write a book. I mean, of all the, the stories of inspiration who people would come up to us in the middle of a race, before the race, you know, I, my mind always goes back when I start telling these stories. Uh, my mind goes back to this one particular instance at the World's at a world's toughest mutter out in Las Vegas a few years ago. 
at about four o'clock in the morning. We had come into the pit area. You know, and if you're not familiar, World's Toughest Motor is a 24-hour nonstop race where you try to do as many five-mile loops as possible, including obstacles, as you can. And in the desert of Las Vegas, the temperatures drop dramatically. Like we started this particular race, it was in the mid-80s. I had on shorts and no shirt. And by the time 4 a.m. in the rolled around, we had on double wetsuits and just shivering sometimes. But about 4 a.m. in the morning, we had come into the pit. And I noticed this gentleman off to the side observing us. And from what I could tell, because I was really trying to stay focused on making sure that this athlete that I was with was guided properly and not tripping over people who were just laid out over the ground. I I could tell that he had his wetsuit peeled down and and was gathering his things. But I didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe, you know, putting on the old deodorant or something. I didn't know. So we do our pit stop. We get back out on the race course. Well, about, I guess, three miles into this particular loop, this guy catches up to us. And he's, he says, I just got to stop you guys because I got to tell you, I was packing up and I was going home. And then I saw you come in through here and he was talking to the athlete I was with. And I noticed that you were being assisted and it hit me that you were blind. And he said, I hung my head in shame. And he said, how could I, an able-bodied man, pack it up? And you're out here giving 150%. And he said, you inspired me. He said, I, I just said, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to finish this night and just see what it holds when the sun comes up. <laughs> and uh, I mean, just stories like that, Don. I mean, I've got so many. I, one in particular, we were doing the Spartan World Championships in 2016. And I remember being on one of the, the mountain peaks. So you have to go up to the top to, to do uh, one of the Spartan obstacles. And off in the distance, I can hear people just yelling our names. I mean, and this is 2016. This is our first trip out to the West Coast, mind you. People are yelling our names. I mean, I have no clue who these people are yelling. And it just hits me. I'm just like, you know what? People know this athlete by name. And, and me, because I'm his guy, I said, you know, we're onto something here. And, you know, I was sporting my more heart than scars here. And I'm like, this has got to happen more often. We have got to get out west. But Getting back more to the point, and I apologize, I, I could seriously go on and on when it comes to the stories of inspiration with our athletes, but we take our training with athletes very serious. I mean, such when I work with people with disabilities of all levels, I usually try to develop keywords like those who are visually impaired. If there's something over their head, I'll, I'll say something like a branch or a limb or it's more specifically when it comes to feet or, or trees that are falling or roots or stumps or nubs, as I, you know, name them after Zach, you know, and usually when I say nubs, <laughs> usually when I say nubs, I always follow that up by Zach's on the course with us. But, you know, I develop things like shin high, knee high, ankle high, or leaves or shifting sand. I mean, there's so many little details you have to point out with someone who is visually impaired. But then you got those like Erica in the wheelchair. And when she goes to climb a rope or do a rig, we normally we put her on my shoulders, uh, you know, because we we all have our safety nets and she calls me her safety net. Not that she doesn't trust Zach or I mean she worked with Zach first, but Erica's kind of like been just, she's like, Joe, you're my safety net. When we get to a rig, you're my guy. And, you know, we used to put her on my shoulders or in my arms and she'll do a particular rig. But like the rope climb, you know, we put her in a harness and we double, triple check the rope to make sure it is secure. 
we use the Belliac with more heart than scars. And, you know, Zach and myself both are real particular about making sure we've got the braking system, the pulling system in check for the Belliac. And if you're not sure what a Belliac is, it is a, it is a kayak that has been uh, widened in the center and elongated to fit a full person lying down if necessary. It is an ingenious uh, invention that has helped us so much in races because sometimes we just can't take an athlete through a river in a wheelchair. I mean, quite honestly, you know, we could, but the athlete would have to be either on someone's back or two people holding, you know, uh, like a bucket carry. Uh, and then other people would just have to carry the wheelchair, which is really slow. But with a belly act, we can just glide right through the water, through the mud, up and over muddy mounds. It is it has just been a, a godsend for us. But with that in mind, just like with a wheelchair, we've got our brake, we've got our puller, we've got our people on the sides, and, and everybody has a rope because when we're going up a hill, the one we're pulling toward the front, and we're going down a hill, the ones in the front come to the back and they also assist on the braking. But also to keep our wheelchair athletes from from tipping left or right. And that is a system that we have gotten down pat and we have seen others who are now finally starting to use that. And it just, and it makes us proud because as Zach has said many times, we're like the OG in the OCR world. We kind of started all this and it's, it's, it's what we do. Safety first in everything. And you even pointed out or mentioned earlier, the fact about uh, the the safety part. And that's one thing I was talking to Zach, yesterday and today he is uh, at home at headquarters in North Carolina working on putting together the uh, OCR trail and the rig and we're just really turning his yard basically and and the whole mountain in his background into an OCR training facility where we can take people that we would trust to help us to bring them to North Carolina and put them through the paces and train them on exactly what they need to do, what they need to be aware of, always be prepared for everything. So we're really excited about that. As a matter of fact, I'm going up there in a couple of weeks to assist him. He just told me he's got like 6,000 ton of, of granite coming in that he's got to lay down for this path. And I'm like, oh boy, you're going to need some help with that. So so getting to the point, yeah, safety, safety first and it, it is quite, quite uh, thorough when we, when we train and we're, we take pride in what we do. Yeah, the BeastNet training grounds, as we call it, we've got, uh, we've got a couple of six-foot walls. We've got monkey bars. We've got atlas balls. We've got, uh, <clears throat> what do you call that, the, uh, the Olympus wall. Oh, boy, yes. You know, we, we've got all sorts of stuff like that to practice on, so that's that's what really kind of drove our, our decision to start uh, start moving this direction is uh, here shortly, Mike is going to be moving. And one of the things that, that we're looking very closely at is his house needs to have at least three to five acres so we can set up a permanent obstacle course there. That's um, awesome. You know, once we've got that up and running, um, you know, we'll talk with, we've got friends that, that have, stuff that's been either built or donated through like platinum rigs and other places and and just try to acquire more i mean that's everything we've got is basically been acquired through donation a lot of it from west coast obstacles 
and and once we go to build the permanent structures, we'll be able to to finish everything and and get it set up to where it's just awesome. Um, this weekend, if if Jesse can get out, we're gonna set up. We've got a Z wall that he donated to us, and we need to get it set up. What? Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous now. <laughs> well, it, it is. It is the old style. It's the old style Z wall, so it doesn't have the opening in the middle, so you don't have to sit there and worry about touching junk with anyone. So, you know what? That's that's okay because that's the best one to train on. I mean, honestly. Yep, a little bit harder because you don't have anything to grab. And and, right. Yep. Yeah. Some of some of the uh, obstacle course races that have a a version of a Z wall have have gotten a little laxed in. Well, you can grab the, the center piece now, or you can, you know, okay. I understand yes. they're, they're trying to get more completion, you know, optical completions and, and, and getting more of the first timers to feel like, hey, yeah, I'm going to come back. I did that Z-Wall. I'm going to do it again. Uh, and, you know, that's, we, we've, we've talked about it quite a bit on the show. That there's, there's different kinds of obstacle course racers and obstacle course events. Um, there's ones where if you can't complete an obstacle, they, they cut off your band and you're finished. And then there's other ones, there's other ones where, you know, like Spartan, where you just run up, touch the tire, say it's too heavy and go do 30 burpees and you can move on. So, I mean, we've, we've gone back and forth about mandatory completion being better or not. And, uh, that's one of those things for, for like Mike and I that are, you know, still currently unable to finish a complete Spartan clean. You know, going out and, and having a mandatory uh, completion course can be real tough. And we saw that uh, a couple of years ago when Terrain Race had had uh, money pots and they had uh, had actual races. It was actually a competitive race. Yeah. One of our one of our <laughs> friends, one of our friends who's just top tier, usually you know races age group and podiums with Spartan. Um, she got stuck on the uh, the Tarzan swings oh, and. Boy. She probably was there for a half hour because she was not going to let them cut her band off. But she went from like first place to thirtieth on that one obstacle. Wow! And you know that's that is what I look at with mandatory completion. You know, I've watched uh, a lot of the Spartan Pro stuff on Facebook or ESPN, and and some of those guys are just fast. They win because they're fast, not yep. because they can do obstacles, or not because you know. They're the strongest, but they're the fastest. What they can make up in between obstacles and running time makes up more than what the burpee says. Yep. So, yeah. I, I, was... <laughs> no, no, I know. I, I was going to just touch on that point. You know, the whole mandatory obstacle thing. That just, I had a flashback to last year at the uh, North American Obstacle Course Racing Championship where a good friend of mine literally was on a, an obstacle called Skull Valley. She was there for three and a half hours. <laughs> and she, like you mentioned about this other person, she went from top top three in her age group down to no contention at all because she would not give up her band. And I'm just like, come on, just cut it and go. <laughs> but, and, and she wound up finishing, like I mentioned, but she was almost dead last. So, yeah, I, I have an issue with the whole mandatory obstacle thing completion, too. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever uh, paid much attention to X-Warrior up in Alberta, Canada. Um, I've, I've, some, I've seen them. Some of their events, they each time you fail an obstacle, you get a an extra hole punch in your bib or you get a 
an X or something. And then once you're done with the race, you have to run X amount of kilometers per failed obstacle before you wow. actually finish the race for your time. So I thought that's another really neat, different take on, on the obstacle completions too. Huh. I think that was at Black Ops that they did that one last year. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's that, that's a real interesting thing. And it was kind of off subject, but you know how it is. That, uh, <laughs> no, like I said a- at the beginning, we're just going to go where we go. <laughs> All right. No, no. I, that, and that is a very different take. I, I, I've actually never heard of that before. Well, kind of with. Uh, Spartan, Spartan last year added penalty loops. I well, mean, and, and uh, Tough Mudders, they, yeah. have the, they have penalty loops as well. But that's like at a particular obstacle, not at the end. So interesting. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things I thought was real cool because we, we got a chance to, to talk with Darcy Shofu a few times. And, and we were hoping to make it out there this year, but this crazy little disease came up. No, uh, it's just sent us all into a tailspin. Yep. Yeah, one of the things I don't sound sounds like you got your sword out there. Oh no, that's <laughs> that's that's my wife in the background <laughs> cooking dinner. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is not the sword. Uh, no, sorry about that. Um, uh, I forgot. I was going to make mention of something, and I totally got off track when you said that about the sword. <laughs> Do you like the beast net? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and more at Beastnet Pod. Uh, you know, speaking of your wife, uh, God, you guys just got married a few weeks ago. Yes, we did. Now. Yes, we did. Yeah. March March seventh. Brand new. Was... We are newlyweds. <laughs> yes, uh, Michelle, and uh, she is just truly my other half, my better half, and could not honestly could not do what I do or have done because we've been together for about four years now, and I could not have done what I have done and do without her in my corner. I mean, she is my rock and she's been behind the scenes many times. She doesn't particularly like the limelight, but she has been there making meals, packing me lunches, packing me for the road trips. And I tell you, she, she here again, she's my angel and she is a godsend. Um, I say you got right after you were, were made the president of Georgia chapter. Um, Wasn't that right about the time you got married there? Remember a lot of pictures of you guys on the beach with the uh, sword. Yes, yes, it, it was. I was so thrilled. It, it happened like a week apart. And when Zach, I didn't know I was getting the sword at first. He just said, "I'm going to send you some stuff," and he said, "I'm going to make a video. Just be ready to watch this video, and I'm going to make the announcement." He just did it on social media, and I just said, "Oh my gosh, I I know how special the sword." has been to Zach and to More Heart and the Scars. I mean, it's been there from the beginning and it's been revamped and it looks amazing now. But it's like the shield, the sword and the shield. And he's like, you're not getting the shield. That's mine. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want the shield. I, I didn't even ask for the sword. I said, I'm just truly honored. And when we had the wedding, I had told Michelle, I'm like, I want to use the sword in the wedding somehow. And man, did we come up with some great pictures. Our, our photographer, Kevin, uh, Kevin Lee Images, <laughs> he is a phenomenal photographer. And he just said, let's do this, let's do this. And I think the most, uh, the one that has gotten the most response and the one that people like the most, I actually had to put on canvas. And me standing with the sword above my head right into the sunlight. And it just, 
it almost looks prophetic. I mean, it was just so perfect. It just kind of speaks volumes of, of my passion for more of the scars and, and, and the day in general, my wedding day. And just what it just, it just all worked perfectly. So yes, that'll happen about, about a week apart. And we just kind of said, you know, what, we're using it. Or I just, I asked Michelle, I said, can we use this in the wedding? <laughs> of course. Yeah. That, and uh, I think the recording of returning the favor was right in that same time period too. Oh my gosh. Yes, Don, thank you. I was going to bring that up. And that whole returning the favor and Mike Rowe, and I had no idea. And I tell you, my hat goes off to, to Wendy uh, for keeping that under wraps because I'm sure, if I remember correctly, Zach had told you, uh, and he, of, course, of course he told us many times, he was about ready to pull his hair out because so many people, because we're so, we like to be prepared for what we're going to do. He was just like, yeah, we're going to have a camera crew come out. They're going to follow us around. We're going to do some training. We're going to like, okay, what do we need to do? What do we need to prepare for? What, what, what's going to happen? And he's like, I don't know. Um, I just remember that morning of when we were standing around on the, the, the his back deck. And I look over because Zach had gone out to uh, the minivan to, to do something with the way well, he was loading the equipment, loading the wheelchair. And all of a sudden I look and I see this guy with a baseball cap on and I'm like, who is that? And he, and he turns and I see the, the side profile. I'm like, holy cow, that is Mike Rowe. <laughs> and at that moment, I said, and, and of course, we all agree, this is something a little bigger than we thought we were going to be involved with. And yeah. boy, I tell you, it really turned out to be a spectacular day. He got us doing water in the Belliac with Justin. He got us in the gym with Ryan working out. And we took him a little bit up the hill behind Zach's place on the, on the mountain there and gave him a taste. Just, I mean, a, just a taste, because I think we did a quarter mile up the side of the mountain with the wheelchair in our crew. And he was, Mike was blown away with what we do. And I think I made mention too, that at last count, we were somewhere near 1 million views on Facebook watch with our episode, it was, it was, I think over 900,000 last time I looked and it's been our goal from day one was to, all right, we want to have a thousand conversations about this and we want to have a million views. And I think, well, I know one thing that helped was the fact that we went on lockdown and people were stuck in their homes and it was like perfect timing for this to be aired because we had it. And I hate to say that we had a captive audience because I hate that people have been confined in their homes. I really do. But it gave us, it gave people the chance to come on and, and see what we did with returning the favor. And myself and Eric uh, and Justin Parker, we've kind of been fielding all the comments coming in of the people wanting the wristbands, people wanting t-shirts, people wanting, or just making comments about how they were touched. So and I, people from the West Coast, just who are amputees or people who are in recovery or people who are battling PTSD, depression, on suicide watch. These people are responding and like, you know what, that is what we wanted to have happen with that. And hopefully it's going to continue to grow from that. And we're going to have more of an outreach. I know that's our plan. I mean, Zach and I would love to have chapters in every state. I mean, thinking big, you know, long term. But I mean, we do have a conglomeration in Florida. We've got you know, uh, some people in the Tennessee area. We've got 
obviously North Carolina with headquarters is, you know, we have here in Georgia. We, we want to expand. We've got a few over in Alabama, but we got it. We've got to reach the Midwest and the West Coast. And hopefully with this returning the favor episode, we, we can do that. I and mean, if we can just keep people interested in, in, in going on there and, and watching that episode and telling, posting it on their social media outlets and telling their people to watch it and to repost it, we can get there. I, uh, I hosted a few watch parties for it, and yes, every, one of, every one of them, somebody was just telling me, either on the watch party or a private chat, they're like, why didn't you tell me I was going to ball my eyes out? Oh, my gosh. We were like blubbering babies. I was just like, thank God they didn't point the camera in my face, because when I cry, it's ugly tears. I mean, I, I don't have a pretty, a pretty cry. It's, it was when they rolled up at the end of that program. I mean, well, you know, I really honestly had never watched an entire episode of Returning the Favor, so I really didn't know what it was about, like many people. But when they rolled up and we, we, we hear this tractor trailer horn just blowing, coming down the road, and we're all like, okay, you've got us standing out here on, on this little hill next to Zach's house. Why are we all standing here? And why is this truck just laying down on its horn? Did someone have an accident? And they roll up with this amazing optical course rig on the back of a flatbed. And we lost it. I lost it in particular because I saw three new wheelchairs sitting. And Erica and I had been three weeks prior to this talking about upcoming races and how the, the fact that we needed a new wheelchair. Well, we love Excalibur. Don't get me wrong. But that he is way too heavy. <laughs> we, needed, we needed something more lightweight. And I tell you, we... I was like, oh my gosh, that's the chair that I have been describing in my mind. That is a chair that I, we have been wanting. And here we are, this truck is rolling up with three of them right here. That's the, the Freedom Chair. Oh, yes, the Freedom Grid Chair. Let me sound off about that. Yes, Freedom Grid Chair. They are amazing. They are lightweight. I believe it's some kind of aircraft aluminum alloy that it's made out of. Um, got the hand, the crank handles if the athlete in the chair can and wants to propel themselves on the course, which makes them feel like they're more part of what's going on, quite honestly. I know Erica is ecstatic about it. Shannon and Justin is too. And Ryan. Uh, they can't wait. I think that's I think that's a similar chair to what uh, Casey McAllister uses up here in the Northwest. It probably is. Um, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a uh, double amputee right at the hips, basically. I have and seen him. I have seen video of him. Yes, I have. And you're right. I believe it is a freedom. Yep. And he uh, he does the whole race with just uh, one person helping, basically. And, uh, you know, the story you were telling a little while ago about when people at the, the world's toughest mutter saw you with uh, the visually impaired athlete. When I had my brother-in-law out on, I think it was the second day, his second Spartan ever. It was a miserable Washington day up here. <laughs> and we, we came around the corner and there's Casey, you know, stomach deep in the mud, trucking his yep. way through. And my brother-in-law at that point was already, you know, God, I don't know if I can do this. I can, don't know if I can do this. And he saw Casey and said, well, yes, I'm going to finish this now. <laughs> There you see, it's amazing how that works, right? It's, it's wow. What inspirations. And yes, I have seen Casey many times and I, I apologize for not mentioning that when you mentioned him before, I have seen him on many Spartan uh, recaps from the West coast and Midwest Spartans. Yeah. He's uh he's definitely a different guy. He's hilarious. If you talk to him, we've had him <laughs> have, on the show before. 
have not had the pleasure of meeting him, but I, I want to make that happen as well. One day. Uh, doing eight things at once here, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> I was just kind of looking over. You got a lot of brands that you represent, don't you? Well, you know, I'm very thankful. Uh, I have some amazing sponsors. Legendborn makes our jerseys, and I have to say I am quite proud of the jerseys that I help collaborate with. Uh, our new designed, finally, racing obstacle, obstacle course racing jersey. We've had cotton t-shirts, and we've had just other variations of t-shirts and clothing on the race course. But this year, for the first time, we have a legitimate Legendborn OCR jersey. And it is phenomenal. And I'm not just talking about because I helped design the look of it. I'm talking about the fabric, the jersey itself. I was talking to the president, Dave Bryant, the other night. And bless his heart. How's he doing? Um, I know he was sick there for a while. How's he doing? He is, you know what? God's watching out for him. As he and I said, you know, it just wasn't his time to go. But he was near death because he had a blood clot go through his lung. I mean, I'm sorry, through his heart. It passed right through. but. He is, he is on the men making a full recovery, and he was up at 10.30 the other evening uh, putting postage on packages because in Indiana, where Legend Born is based, he, they were not branded as an essential business, so he had to shut down the doors, and he took as much home as he could. He and, and who all could, could help have been mailing stuff from their home. And yeah, he and like- I, he, I'm sorry. I was just, he and I were just having the conversation about if we could just get people to understand the quality that is in these jerseys and how they last. And I particularly talked about the fact that I, from my personal experience, can vouch for the times that I have put myself in between myself and a barbed wire crawl and wood splinters on a wall. And I have the scars to prove from these barbed wires where, I, and where they have scratched me and the splinters have gone into me. But you know what? You couldn't tell it by looking at these jerseys. I mean, I have one jersey in my closet from 2016 that looks just as good as it did the day I, I brought it home. And yeah, so Legendborn is one of our amazing sponsors, someone who has helped us through uh, with some of our other adaptive athletes like Eric in her wheelchair and Chloe, who has Friedrich's ataxia, which is a, um, a form of muscular dystrophy that attacks all the muscles. When they get out of their wheelchairs to do, they have to crawl. And so they're on their knees or on their elbows and their hands. But we have a company called Original Warrior Pack who provides knee pads, shin pads, elbow pads, and more importantly, the best obstacle course racing gloves on the market. And I can attest to that, too, because in my over 620 obstacle course races since 2009, I've tried them all. And the Original Warrior Pack gloves are by far the best I've ever put on my hand. So thankfully... I have gotten some of these supplies for our adaptive athletes, and they just rave about them. And uh, gosh, I am. Shower Toga with Cressa Peterson. I mean, what an invention she has come out with as a way to change clothes at a venue without worrying about a towel falling off of you. I mean, you can shower with this thing on. The water just runs right off. You can dry off with a shower toga on and put on your clothes with a shower toga on and be on your way. And, you know, a little shout out to her because she just provided, if I have my dollar amounts correct, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of $50,000 worth of shower togas to all our frontline workers just recently. Yep, I saw that. I saw that on Facebook and I thought that was super awesome. Yeah. And, and I think you, you that pointed out, uh, 
down at Jacksonville without the showers, everyone's going to have to use their shower togas to yeah, do some parking right. lot changing. <laughs> that's right. We I say you know no water obstacles, no showers, no problem. We have our shower togas. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those are those are yeah. I'm very I'm I'm just very blessed, Don. Honestly, to have uh, right now. I am I have I have been with Legend Born the longest as far as ambassadors go, uh, and very thankful. I love Dave and what he's doing with the company. I've been with uh, the Regional Warrior Pack now for about, I guess, between four and five years. And and just uh, with Shower Toga now for about two years. And so very blessed. And here again, these are these are your mom and top type companies, organizations that I like to be associated with. And people that just give back hand over fist and go out of their way to help those in need. And they just fit right along with what we do at More the Scars. And, and I, that's the kind of people that I like to associate with. And the people, you know, some of the organizations that I'm affiliated with, like I had mentioned, you know, Operation Enduring Warrior, Oscar Mike, Operation Valor, 22 Too Many, uh, 22 Kills, Carry the Fallen. You know, I do my Warrior Wednesday every Wednesday. I do, I don't know, sometimes it's 30 push-ups, sometimes it's 50, sometimes it's 25. You know, it just depends on what, what the mood is. but. I was introduced to 22 Too Many back in 2014 when I was tagged to do the 22 days in a row to do 22 push-ups. And at the time, the numbers, staggering numbers of our veterans who commit suicide every day was 22 a day. You know, while the numbers have fluctuated, it's still very sad that even one veteran a day commits suicides. And so I have vowed since 2014, every Wednesday, I have done push-ups, and I always talk about. At first, honestly, it was just the veterans with suicide, but now it's become more of a, you know what? They're warriors on all fronts. The warriors who are battling depression, warriors who are battling ad- addiction. One of the best videos that I've seen in a while. One of the best groups who promote is Disturbed, and they're uh, a reason to live video. I mean, they they and it's it's. During one of their live concerts, they asked for a show of hands. I think they do this at every concert, but this particular one that's on YouTube, they asked for a show of hands, show of hands of everyone in the room, the Coliseum, who were battling the demons of alcohol and, and drug addiction. And it looked like three quarters of the room raised their hand or battling, or, or even battling depression. And it, it is a real and horrific thing. And, and I have just personally vowed to continue the fight. And I can I tell you almost weekly, I have someone either send me a private message or even comment on my Warrior Wednesday post. Thank you. I needed this today. One of my high school friends, here I go again with my stories. One of my high school friends uh, from grammar school all the way through high school, her son was killed, uh, killed himself battling depression. He was a, he, he was a Marine, a tank battalion. And he got home and, I'm not going to go off into how our veterans aren't being taken care of, but he was. He was not taken care of when he came home and he tried to turn to civilian life and wound up taking his own life because he thought that would be the best thing for his family. And, and it's very sad. And Zach and I have talked many times. And, you know, and here again, it's not just our veterans. And here again, they, they have a staggering number of veterans every day. But the, those who are on suicide watch have attempted suicide, addictions to depression. Uh, addiction to, to drugs and alcohol, anxiety, 
people who've been abused as children, as adults, and the list goes on and on. You know, they're all warriors, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm going to continue to do my push-ups and, and be there for them and let them know that I'm going to keep fighting for them. You know, you brought up a couple of things there that, uh, that kind of touched me in a little bit. Um, the 22 a day, I don't know. Did you follow Dustin Johnson out of uh, Arkansas at all? Or Missouri, sorry. Just recently? Uh, Dustin Johnson just returned from a attempt to run all the way around the world. Oh, yes, and, yes, yes, yes. I did, I did see that, yes. And the way his story started was, you know, his, his house burned down, his wife left him, he was in that dark place and tried to end it. Mm-hmm. And, and luckily he wasn't able to, and, and he wasn't able to find the resources as easily as he wanted, and then he got hooked up with Stop Soldier Suicide, and, and he ended up going on that, that run around the world. And then we talked to his mother and talked to him and a bunch of bunch of people about that. But uh, the number of, of veteran suicides uh, before COVID was actually peaking up just over 23 a day. Right. Um, yeah. I, I wear a band, you know, a rubber band, a silicone band or whatever from uh, Tilva Hollow Project, the 22 a day. Yep. Um, and then oddly enough, I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've um, got, I've got, I've got that same wristband and I've got, here it is, like I said, the 22 kills, the 22, 22 too many, the, the Valhalla, I've, I've got them on my rug that I always carry to every race with. And, and it's just funny that, that, you know, we're thousands of miles apart and, and have such similar things in our lives right now. Um, there's a group that we work with called uh, Pennies for Quarters, okay. of a, a little tiny, a little tiny app. Uh, county up in northwestern washington that that they had a huge veteran homeless problem going up there a lot of vets living on the streets or in the bushes and stuff and uh Mm. matthew rainwater decided he was just sitting there at home one day he's like you know i gotta do something and he just said you know what i'm gonna find a way to get these veterans into tiny homes and and so he he put together got a couple friends on board we put on an ocr last year with them and and we were set to do one this year, and again because of the COVIDs, we weren't able uh, to. But uh, his, his foundation is one of the ones that's going to be you know, receiving some some benefit when we we start up the Beast Net Carers five Ks in June. Wow. Hopefully, I've got to I've got to get the, the logo done and get the medals and shirts ordered. <clears throat> but once that's done, um, you know, more hearts than scars. I was talking to you about that the other night. Uh, That'll probably be the first one that that uh, recipient mm. of of our deal. Um, well, but you know we gotta we all need to give back, and and you know Mike and I have just been looking for more ways to do it with everything canceled. So that's that's where we came up with that when we were roundtabling things that we could do. Gosh, why aren't we closer? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You know what? I mean, I'm like they say. I'm, I'm what am I? Ten digits away. <laughs> yes, you are. I know. I, and I, I wish I could just drive over there tomorrow. It, it, it's kind of more my point. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, thousands of miles away, but we've got so much that we are just so emotional and wholehearted about doing and seeing a change in. And I just I wish we could, you know, be in contact physically, you know, as far as just being able to do things on a weekly yeah. basis. Um, you know, I, I, um, <laughs> sorry, Michelle just, she just showed me what we're having for dinner. And I'm like, oh boy. Um, you know, I, 
I myself never served. I, I, I and I was starting to touch on this a little bit, but I mean, it, my I, my dad is a world he was a World War II vet. My brother was in uh, Korean War, and I'm much younger than my siblings, so that when I say my brother was in the Korean War, you'll understand. Um, but it's just I just have always had a soft spot in the in my heart for anyone military because you know I I believe. I believe red and I'm all about America and our veterans. And, you know, I just, from an early age, I, I, it's just always been instilled in me to help others. And I know it could have been my mom who is a nurse for 45 years, you know, always giving, I learned that lesson from her. But, and one thing I didn't touch on that I really don't talk about because I don't have much memory of it, but I am a survivor of sorts from, uh, uh, neonatal meningitis and was given a 0.001% chance of living, or even less than that, of not having any physical deformities. And I remember when I was old enough to understand, my mother said to me, son, you were put on this earth for a special reason. And my prayer is that one day you find out what it is. I, I, I hope you become a preacher, but you know whatever God has in store for you, I know you will do it with all your heart. And fast forwarding, I remember at one point after I moved to Atlanta, when my mom was still living, I, you know, I went back to her and I said, you know what, mom, I hope I never disappointed you by not becoming a preacher, but I truly found my calling and it is helping those. And part of my war cry, and I have the ink to prove it. And I was so thankful when Zach allowed me to put it on our jerseys this year, there's no excuses. You know, and being a personal trainer for the past 32 years and dealing with people on all levels, you know, some have legitimate reasons. I'm not going to say excuses. For not being able to do certain things, but my tolerance for people who are fully able-bodied, who just start throwing out excuse after excuse, I'm like, I have a hard time of not just telling them how I really feel because, it, you know, I know what it takes to turn your life around from going from a person who was hovering around 250 pounds to getting down to 160 at one point. I know what it took for me, and anybody can do it if they want to. So I've kind of just put that over into our, and my little puppies agreeing with me, our, our war cry for more heart than scars, you know, like no excuses. You know, like, these adaptive athletes are out here showing people they can do it too. And they're not making excuses. So, you know, our headbands have more than, uh, of more than scars now also now have no excuses. The back of our jerseys have no excuses on there. And that's just been my personal war cry for as long as I can remember. And, you know, my other, thing that I like to say is, you know, I live my life one heartbeat at a time and I'll live my day one heartbeat at a time because you never know. We're not, we're not promised our next breath. You know, I'm going to make the most of every day, every moment, every heartbeat. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do. And when I get out on a race course with one of our athletes, you know, usually right about now is when I kind of say, Hey, if there's something you want to send out as a, as a final shout out to someone or something, you know, do that but man i, I think you just kind of did it. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I was trying to i was kind of actually i've got my cell phone below me here and i've got her my email pulled up to where i responded to you and i'm like okay i covered that i covered that i covered that <laughs> so i was trying to do it without you asking so you know but you know you know what you, you're going to jacksonville here in a couple weeks um, I'm hoping and praying i i actually was on the phone with uh or not the phone but on the email with uh, one of the Spartan uh, para-athletic higher-ups 
Yeah. And we're not 100% at this point sure that we can have an adaptive just because of all the guidelines. But she's like, I really don't see a problem. And he, they both, two, two of them said, we really don't see a problem, but, you know, we're not the final say-so. It's people above us. So hopefully I'll know something here in, in a day or two. I know myself and Michelle already signed up and even Erica, she jumped the gun and went ahead and signed herself up. And I was trying to tell her, you don't have to do that because we've got that covered. But she is just so chomping at the bits to get back out on a race course. So, yeah, she wants to get muddy. <laughs> and she does. Well, even though there's not going to be any mud, I said, you can get dusty. <laughs> uh, Maybe it'll rain. Be that rain, yeah. uh, that eighty yeah. degrees and rain that you get down. That would be that would be so perfect. That would be yeah. amazing. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. You were going to say something yeah. about yes, yes, we're going to be in Jacksonville. I was going to say we need to. What we need to do is just go ahead and plan to talk right after that again. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk in between via text or whatever too. But uh, we need yeah, to, would... to plan to to do another episode, I think, and talk about what the experience at Jacksonville was, and and just continue this conversation that we've got going. Now, I don't know your thoughts on it, but would you like to have Erica in on that? Because I know, she, obviously, she's going to be with me if we go, because that's one of the reasons we're going. Or do you want to just be a you and I conversation? Uh, no, we could we could try to get everyone on the horn. Uh, if we do uh, video instead of just audio, we can have, you know, four or five people on and be able to not talk over each other and stuff. So Okay. And that's going to so one of the last things that Zach was saying to me. Today, as he's he's really working hard to get our our uh, headquarters uh, in line, he's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to make Jacksonville. He's like, look, I'm going to be doing all the stuff on the home front. This is why I love you. This is why I put you in the position you're in so you can get out there and help be the face of More Heart and Scars right now. He's like, he's like, because I know you'll do it, number one. He's like, and I just really need to focus on headquarters. I'm like... I got this. We got this, brother. That's why we divide and conquer on so many things. You know, one thing I didn't mention, and uh, real quick, because I know you're trying to, to hurry up here. Uh, is it <laughs> oh, you, got, you got dinner on the table. and Oh, no, 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 no. She's already started <laughs> without me. But uh, <laughs> um, is uh, next weekend is kind of our kickoff. Uh, Erica is coming down, and we are going to do the, what well, normally is the 60, the 60 Ruck to Remember uh, that is done in Arlington every year. Actually, it starts in Harper's Ferry, Harper's Ferry, uh, Virginia, go over the Appalachian Trail and into D.C. on Memorial Day morning. And we have usually go into one of the sections of Arlington Cemetery. And the guys that are with us who were, who did serve and or are still active, will go to where they lost their battle buddy. And that is just something that talk about an emotional time. You know, you've seen the pictures on social media or a little video clip it's here and there, but until you experience that in person, it, it's just something it is beyond imagination and, and such an emotional day that I've had that experience. But this year, because of COVID, we're having to split up into 20 teams across the U.S. Over 350 are still participating in much smaller groups. And Erica is coming down and going to do with me here in the Georgia chapter. Uh, and that is going to be an exciting time because I think we're going to have somewhere around 30 miles into the Georgia National Cemetery. And here again, all the training and the preparation, I've already done my research with this and the terrain is going to be perfect. It could just be she and I, honestly, because it's mainly asphalt, concrete, and wood. 
no off-road anything for this particular rut that we're doing. Uh, again, perfect. It, it is to honor all those who've gone on before, whether they were just, you know, in whatever war they were in or those who were taken from us way too early. We're going to go pay tribute to them next weekend. Wow. And it's just perfect how it works out that you've got a, an area that's paved and, and something that you guys can go out and just do that together and, and honor those that have, have gone on before us. Yes, sir. But to, to wrap it up, I know you're going to, you know, one last thing. I, you know, for those who haven't seen Return the Favor, please do so. Facebook watch and look us up on Facebook, Instagram, More Heart Than Scars on Facebook and at More Heart Than Scars official on Instagram. You can look me up on Facebook, Joy McGlamory, or at Joy McGlamory on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, mainly what I do is post pictures of races or things that are going on within More Heart Than Scars. I don't use my page really for personal because uh, my personal is More Heart Than Scars. I mean, it's just that's what we do. And uh, please check us out and, and support us if you can at all. We, If you want some of the wristbands that have the... Uh, hotline to call for suicide prevention we can get those in the mail to you just send us a message via facebook messenger or instagram and we will we will respond there is an automated response but somebody will respond to you and and get back to you as soon as possible yeah and i'll have all the notes in the the liner for the show and Honestly, I'm going to go through uh, this weekend and probably next weekend again and re-share on on all of my platforms uh, the episode of Returning the Favor because right now, like you said, we're about 100,000 watches short of making that 1 million mark. And uh, I think by the time we get back to Spartan, we should be able to, to hopefully get that out there. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you do. And I, I hope... As my dad would always say, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise again. <laughs> we can we can hook up sometime <laughs> this year, whether it's I get out to the West Coast and you guys come out here. Yeah, let's just uh, keep working on the scheduling and figure out where we can meet. Maybe it's going to be a race down there with Tammy and do that. Uh, or if we can figure out something late in the year. Yeah, I know that July, I was looking at that July date and it's not looking so hot. Okay. Um, but we'll we'll get it figured out. You know, it's a okay. big country and, and air travel's cheap right now. So yes, it let's is. Get her done. That's <laughs> right. Get her done. <laughs> awesome. It was great talking to you today. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap up now. And everybody out there, please find Joey. Find more heart than scars. This is an awesome group. Everything they do out there for these athletes and with these athletes is just amazing. And you'll you'll find everything in the liner notes and. As always, I'm going to share the heck out of them on everything I can because I just can't share them enough. So Wonderful. Thank you, Don, for having me on today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Joey. I'm sure we'll be back talking here soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.